Hello and welcome to Pop Salsa, a movie and TV show that brings you the freshest takes on the most recent events and topics from the ever-changing landscape of geek culture. I am your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy Ernesto. Hey, how's it going? Let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. So, we have uh, a few things to talk about. We're going to do a spoiler review or discussion, I don't like the word review, about um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. The yep. electric boogaloo. No. What? <laughs> just right. Just Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Dune yep. 2 trailer dropped. Awesome. Can't wait. Excited. And possibly one of the, the bigger or the most important events to happen in the entertainment industry in the last, what, 15, 20 years or so? Yeah. 15 or so years. Yeah. The Writers Guild of America, WGA, is on strike. Yeah. Which is, I feel like every couple of years, you know, they threaten a strike. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I I said. I feel like it was something where they have to re-up the subscription Mm. and you always change all the rules and stuff. Yeah, um, but this time around, uh, the main strike, the main main two reasons we could probably distill down for the reason of the strike is one is uh, streaming, which is like we Mm. see it as today's battle. And AI, the incorporation of AI, which we see as tomorrow's battle. Yeah. It's very nice. I like that. Did you you come up with that right now? Yeah, I just did. That that was nice. I like that a lot. Uh, So let's start with today's battle. uh, Streaming. Yeah. So obviously, like, uh, probably, I guess, guess like the last time they had threatened to to go on strike was stream over streaming as well. Right. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now we felt like this was coming, right? Mm-hmm. I think we had discussions where we we're like, "How do they make money? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did how did they divvy up the funds?" So streaming is something that is relatively new in the landscape of entertainment. Like I know we've had streaming capabilities for what ten plus years now, starting with Netflix way back in the way back. Oh my gosh, it's been that long. It has. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and I was like, like that sounds like an inflated. No, wait, it is. You're right. <laughs> and whenever anything massive changes, especially in the way of distribution, there's always somebody that's going to get fucked over. And for yeah. the the big production companies, they always try to fuck over the writer. Yeah. And right, right, the writer, right, because like everybody else, technically, in those above the line jobs, they mm-hmm. pretty much get set. But the writers are the ones who are always trying to get the shafted. Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole thing about streaming is is that the landscape is so different and it's over changing. Is that they don't know where the writers don't know where they stand, right? So a lot of these shows are what short episodes. Uh, there's not a lot of like how does royalties work? Because before they would get some sort of amount of money each time their episode air, but. Now that it's on streaming and it's on demand, they don't know where they stand and where they stand, like Joel said, is on the producers and the studio side. So instead of getting, say, what, $56, I think, that's probably not a lot, but, you know, $56 to $500 checks, they're getting quarters and pennies worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the one thing that I feel like the streaming has also changed is the in the landscape of syndication. Like you had talked about this because mm. back in the day, I don't know if this still <laughs> back, in, back in the day, I don't know if it still exists. But basically, if you got to a hundred episodes of a season, a hundred episodes of a show, you were basically set for life. Like that was what you aimed right. for because that was basically your guarantee. 
Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. But now that streaming, that's basically adding another pie of the distribution. And as we know, like how money hung, hun, hungry our corporate overlords are. They, <laughs> they always yeah, try it always to... Remind, yeah. yeah. They're always trying it to... Always, Sorry, I keep interrupting you. <laughs> Go ahead. No, it's just just to finish it off. Trying to always trying to fuck over the little guy. Yeah, I was gonna talk about the scene from Goodfellas. If y'all haven't seen Goodfellas, you know, it's uh, it's I think the guy at the at the bar takes a loan from like a, the mafia guy, and it's like whatever happens now, you have to pay him. You know, your house burned down, screw you, pay me. You know, you lost your keys, screw you, pay me. And so it happens with the with the in the management in the film industry. You know, screw you pay me <laughs> yeah that's and that's the thing it was like this industry is so cutthroat and like the the concept of movie math you know that's something that's been floated around for for years and years and years and you see like like a specific movie would would earn or would open at let's say 300 million and mm. you, you find out at the on the back end nobody made any money it's like how the hell did anybody make any money <laughs> and then you look at the receipts and then they charge you what's movie math you know like the the movie cost 120 million to make it made 300 million so we take agent fees you know what studio fees what all this shit and eventually you just end up with like a dollar you know yeah yeah i know absolutely it's like what jim starlin right the creator of thanos how they how they said thank you for you know making billions of dollars with Endgame. They gave him what a small I think a check and a premiere ticket to see the movie or something. It's like okay, where's yeah. those billions of dollars that you guys raked in? Yeah, but I would feel like with in his case it would be it would be uh, something different because especially like mm-hmm. back in back in the early days of comics or most of comic history they were hired as independent workers, right? Yeah, so that's a yeah. whole nother layer of fuck, fuckery that people people have to try to get around from. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be a court thing. So yeah. Same with like this one. Like, mm. how does that work? Where they're technically they're there just to write, but there's so many back end deals or so many things that are happening after production, right? After the episode's gone live, that how do you how does to get how do they get royalties? How does that work? We don't even know. I think we don't know uh, how Netflix measures their streaming numbers like how much money they get from that yeah that's that's well i i know they have a unless they changed it no no i, I think recent what what i what i've always known of netflix is to keep you know, what they keep close to the vest is their viewership how many people are actually yeah. seeing their things um yeah. so that for sure has always been like an industry secret but I think like we actually get to know how many because I feel like that has to be published because they have stock and shit like that. So information like that, like how many actual users are on the platform that actually has to be published. So I'm not entirely mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's, it's something that especially now con- considering that the that the streaming landscape has changed within you know, the 10 years it's been around. Back then there was only two or three streaming services. Now there's fucking 10 or 15 Every, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every um, yeah, production company or major entertainment company wants to have their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So it's another way, an, another way of muddying the water, so they could keep fucking over the, the little guy. <laughs> yeah, freaking HBO Max or Max, right? Max, it's called. Yeah. It's, it's like twenty dollars for what four K resolution, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, never mind. Yeah, uh, but what I feel like would be the even bigger battle, the something that that should be you know 
lighting the fires of alarm. I guess that's not the great analogy. Or, yeah. <laughs> or it's close enough. Yeah, lighting I mean, the alarm bells. There you go. That's probably a better. Okay. One. Is yeah, that's a little better. Is the battle that's going to come with AI and AI generated mm. content? Mm. Because that potentially has the capabilities of just laying waste to the writer job as a thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's a technology that we haven't seen in in full Mm -hmm. capacity. Yeah, full capacity. Yeah. Right? Like, we've seen it done. Like, yo, this is a cute little photo of what? Of, like, a clone trooper writing Baby Yoda or something. Or, or like, a a script of homework. Yeah. It's something that we've seen it. It's cute novelties and stuff like that. But we haven't seen it where... It's and it has wrote scripts before, but actually like full fledged, you know, seamless scripts. Right? We haven't seen it to that capacity. We haven't seen it, you know, make art that's not regurgitated from search histories or trending settings lists and stuff like that. Right? We haven't seen it that way. And I feel like the the union is taking a preemptive strike in a way to like stop it while before it gets to that level of complexity. Yeah, and I feel like that's I I would honestly would want to focus the battles on that. I understand like the the, the conversation we had before we started talking. Ernie's point was like we need to eat today, you know. Which is, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't argue metaphor. Yeah, we're arguing like what's the biggest point? Yeah. about like about this whole strike. And I was I was more of streaming, and then Joel was more of AI. But we I see that definitely AI's feet, like you said eloquently yeah. um, I might add is a, it's it's future battle right mm-hmm. and then but streaming is you know I gotta eat now I can't think about the metaphorical ramifications <laughs> of an artificial intelligence taking over the infrastructure of the film industry that's already broken and and I like how they in the article it says it's a gig economy like it's always been a gig yeah. economy that's <laughs> uh, what, was, what was crazy is that um, the article that you posted I pointed out that the last time there was a strike and it wasn't even the writers guild right it was like something else Mm. I think so. No, because like, because like, there's there's so many fucking uh, like unions in the <laughs> in the uh, in the entertainment industry. It's it's kind of hard to keep uh keep keep in track of them. But like they went yeah. on strike for uh, like a hundred days, I think it said, and it completely fucked California's econ- economy even more so right. during that that right, time, right. the last recession. <laughs> Right. And I think it was what over a billion dollars lost yeah. in that. Like bro, you you thought freaking Florida versus Disney was a big deal like if the writers went on strike for 100 days mm. or maybe a year, like the whole economy would just go down. <laughs> yeah, I mean like California is already a state that's circling the toilet, you know. Like. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> How how is it that we're going to be able to to sustain a strike from one of the pillars of our economy? Like that's insane. Right. Um, yeah. It was so much so that I I didn't I obviously didn't read the article, but I saw a headline that even the governor <laughs> was trying to like step in to do something. Um, but wow. I feel like this is this is something that's beyond everybody. I yeah. understand. Like even the 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 production companies don't really know what they're trying to play with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All they see is homework, mm-hmm. right? Right. People making these what two hundred page essays. Oh God, no, not that's not in college. Like you know these essays, these ten page essays, in like a, a millisecond. Yeah. Right. They can see the potential there, and there is a lot of potential there, especially when it comes to work that requires um, very monotonous time, like data data inputting, mm-hmm. right? Or like number or organization. I think one 
a producer said that chat gpt would help with organizing things and that helps yeah right we're like we're editors by trade and like organizing is definitely a plus like if you can help me organize things and find things like more power to you um but don't write me a script yeah right? like yeah. i'm too busy i can't read it i have so many things on my desk right you know I, so like at that point where we we don't i don't know when we'll mm-hmm. reach that point but i do see it on the horizon yeah, I mean, like, what's that one added adage where it's like you get a, a, a room with 100 monkeys with 100 typewriters. Eventually, one yeah. of them is going to write Shakespeare or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you, don't, you don't need 100 computers with, AI, uh, with, with some sort of AI software loaded onto them to write a Shakespeare play, which is, yeah. which is what, like Ernesto said, we might not be there just yet. I think it's a little closer than we actually think. Um, I obviously don't have any evidence to support my theory. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't leave that. <laughs> but when, when has that ever stopped us, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but the, I mean, you're, you're cutting yourself short. There is evidence. Yeah. We have we have an AI uh, Watson and he's playing chess and beating grandmasters. Right. But What's not the next just step that, is, dude. Like, essays. They uh-huh. beat. They, they figure like the, this AI figured out a way to win at go which is one of the more like complex ancient fucking board games in the history of humanity you know yeah yeah if it's like two letters you know it's freaking oh it's freaking like very big deal yeah right like it's just called go like go away (laughs) go do something else like don't stop sitting here and go do something better Mm. uh yeah no i I read about that like i think the what he fought a grandmaster or whatever equivalent it is in go Mm. and like he was shocked after how quickly yeah i think it i think it took like four or five games of of the machine losing to like analyze every possible way you could possibly win at this game and then it just started murdering it just started yeah anybody who in the game yeah obviously (laughs) it's not skynet not people (laughs) i know it's not sky you made it like well that's 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 the thing like we all know darpa right the the government research agency for crazy ways to kill people (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they yeah, had yeah. they had made a robot a few years ago that ran on organic material. Oh right, that's that's not that's that that's no bueno. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's that is that if it's self if you add self replicating to that 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 mm. is definitely like we're everything's gone. This whole planet is gone. Yeah, and then <laughs> what was it? Uh, like a few years ago, was either Google or Facebook that shut that. Had to sh- decided to shut down Facebook. Their, Facebook, right? The, Facebook is Facebook's crazy enough <laughs> to do this experiment, but yeah, I know, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Facebook decided to shut down their AI program because it created its own language. Because yeah. it, come on, it said on. that English, <laughs> English was too inefficient for them. Not not just English, that language yeah. <laughs> was too inefficient for them. Now let's let that sink in. You know, let that these two robots sat there and said analyzed our language english language or the the native that we're speaking right now mm. um and said that it was too inefficient yeah too inefficient so imagine what else is too inefficient you know but these bioorganic monkeys walking around the planet are too inefficient yeah blowing Let's each other wipe up them and out. Shit. yeah yeah blowing <laughs> each other blowing each other up i think i didn't think about that yeah blowing like their their genocidal tendencies are inefficient (laughs) (laughs) it it poisons the sky and kills everyone yeah (laughs) i mean we we tend to always fall into like the worst of of possibilities when it comes to ai just because like that's you know every science fiction movie has in one way or another been affected by ai gone wrong you know so that's where our 
our mind goes to 98% of the time about uh, AI. But for very good reason. You know, like you look at you look at Ultron. Yeah. He was tasked at protecting the planet planet Earth, right? Yeah. And so he saw planet Earth's like biggest risk to survival was humanity. So naturally yeah. he decided to wipe out humanity. Yeah, it, it took him five minutes in the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we've seen this experiment as well now. Yeah. We've seen I don't remember the headline, the name of the, the, the Twitter handle, but I think it was Facebook as well. It's voice <laughs> Facebook. I think Facebook made a Twitter AI and it learned from like comments or something, mm-hmm. or it learned from its interactions in the community, and it instantly became like uh, conspiracy theorists like Nazi yeah. <laughs> you know denying the Holocaust and like saying that they, they should kill all of like the like the handicapped or some you know yeah, horrific, horrific things shit, yes. <laughs> horrific things so you can just imagine AI being created now and it's either gonna wipe us out or enslave us um, either way is bad yeah like that's the one thing where I'm I'm like really glad I'm almost dead um, <laughs> I, it's just like I've seen I've listened to a lot of podcasts where people want to push the the envelope of life, you know, Mm -hmm. like humanity tends to have a lifespan about like 80 or 90 years, you know, very rarely do we get centennials, even so much so that when we do get a centennial, it's a big deal. Yeah, Um, it's on the news. It's on the news. (laughs) It's on the news the next day. Yeah. Um, So there are people who are actively researching to go further. Go maybe live 100, 200, 300 years possibly and stuff like that. So I'm like, yep. why would you ever want to do that? That is, uh, see, I, uh, that sounds like the the worst possible scenario because like if you're <laughs> if you're, if you're gonna live to like be 150, chances are you're, you're gonna be fighting in the war to save humanity. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're gonna be grandma just like you know with a plasma rifle <laughs> mowing down uh, sentinels and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. It's something where it, it's it's nice to expand our lives our lifespan, but also I feel like our Earth is getting crappier and crappier <laughs> yeah. as we go on. So you know, a hundred years from now, where I'm like I don't know, maybe ninety or something, and I'm putting on my gas mask to get outside because you know World War Five yeah. happened. The Wanderer <laughs> starts playing, and then you yeah, get... the Wanderer <laughs> from Fallout. Yeah, yeah dog but going back. Around. Don't talk me, and then there's like an iBot. Yeah. Uh, but to go back to what we're talking about, um, you know, Skynet aside, mm. the 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 technology of AI is, is is this Pandora's box. It's already open at this point. Mm-hmm. This technology is going to be here. Um, how we mitigate it and how we use it is up to us. And the yeah. Guild, Writers Guild of America, knows that that future is possibly rather than being a born of. You know, movies born of experience, of, you know, research, of knowledge, of education. It's going to be born of zero ones, zero ones, and binary. Yeah, and that's the thing that that is really, like, I want to say, like, frightening. Because, like... The, oh, for, yeah, terrifying. For those of <laughs> us who have, like, some experience in writing scripts and stuff like that. I'm not saying that I'm, like, well-versed in... But I have some experience, but... It's a it's a it's a process, and there is a connection that you have to be able to to manifest with your words, you know. And the the one thing that um, that humanity was basically known for was art, and the, we had this whole conversation before. It's like, what is art? And art is very subjective, yeah. but yeah. we see the 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 little you know showcases of AI that are out there are all in the arts. 
music, AI generating music, AI generated yeah. images, AI generated uh, podcasts, AI ge generated conversations with people right. who've been right. dead for hundreds of years. Streamers, yeah, you know, even streamers, yeah, yeah, you know, fake nudes, AI generated, you know, that type of shit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, right. hey, it's art, right? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. Once you start to want to accept and to push what I consider would be like a complete erasing, erasing, erasure, like overriding, overriding. Almost. Well, what they're yeah. trying to do is erase the human aspect right. in art. Yeah. Which is like terrifying beyond terrifying. It's what makes us us. They want yeah. to get rid of yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's very disturbing to mm -hmm. think about, but you know, whether, whether or not that hit, that, future comes or not i will hopefully not be here <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> hopefully, that's hopefully not by here when you know people are floating around with ai controlled robots or something like that yeah, yeah we're, we're building the next pyramids <laughs> yeah <laughs> it goes around <laughs> yeah. yeah totally um yeah but we obviously we said we want uh the people that are striking to have the best I want to say other demands because I'm sure they have some. Not the best compromise. Yeah, the best yeah, compromise. The, 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 that's that's yeah, exactly yeah. the best compromise, which is they get paid what they rightfully deserve, and they put a the kibosh on this AI stuff, which I'm, I don't yeah, think definitely. it's going to happen. But you know, we can yeah. <laughs> we can hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but now let's talk spoilers for those of you bitching out there. This is a big <laughs> spoiler. We're going to discuss Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 now. Woo! Guardians of the Galaxy! Yeah. Do, 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 do. All right. First off, do, 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 do. off the back, yeah. initial impressions. Uh, Low. Low. Very low. Yeah, very low. Coming out of Quantumania. And Quantumania oh, no, no, I'm talking, fun. I'm oh, talking about... You mean the movie? It, yeah. Expectations. I'm talking about impressions. Oh, my Oh, oh my impressions. Oh, I freaking love it. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, freaking, <laughs> yeah. I freaking love it. I was sitting there in the theater thinking like, God damn it. I'm going to miss James Gunn. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm right there 100%. Um, but all right, uh, go back to expectations. Quantumania. Okay, my expectation, yeah. my Quantumania was, was fun, mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't the best, mm -hmm. right? So it it felt very small scale for the first movie in the Phase 5. And that's the impression I got where, all right, is this going to be another movie that follows that small scale pulling of punches kind of Marvel film? But, you know, from the get-go, man, it, it's it's gripping as hell. Not gripping in terms of like Dune. And no, wait, no, that's the wrong example. A gripping of, you know, a very good film mm -hmm. that, that keeps you, you know, engaged. And it, it's something where it, it's, it, you kind of slink into it. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's like a, a chair that you've weathered before that feels nice, right? And then you lay it and you just kind of mellow into it. That's what it, that's what it, feel, it felt like going back. It's, it felt like classic Marvel kind of uh, going at it yeah like one of the things that i've always loved about the the guardians of the galaxy movies and, and this is completely contributed to james gunn's vision is that they are fun as fuck they tug at the heartstrings when they need to and overall the story always makes sense you know like yeah you look at guardians one two one and two you can't really point out that many plot holes you know yeah, yeah, it, it's fairly consistent. Mm -hmm. I would argue too is a little bit wobbly for me personally. Yeah. Just, just, just me, just because you know slideshow of the plot, mm -hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but 
Uh, yeah, they've they've remained fairly consistent, and like even down to the what the diegetic music and diegetic. I'm pronouncing it wrong, probably. It's not. It might be wrong, mm-hmm. but it's music that comes from a location in the film. Yeah, right. It's not just background music. It's like, for example, um, in Suicide Squad, or I guess in this, I should just use Guardians. In Guardians, the music comes some from something. You know, mm-hmm. it's coming from the speakers in nowhere. It's coming from the ship speakers in uh, you know, the Bowie, or it's coming from headphones, and that's. That's arguably no, that's not that's James Gunn's signature, yeah. And I freaking love it because it makes each scene so seamless to go into. Yeah, that, that's something where you obviously have a um, a situation where the music just all it does is elevate the scene. Yeah, like like take for example the opening scene with uh, Guardians Two, where it starts playing is it ELO right? Um, yeah, yeah, um, um, Mr. Bright Mr. Bruce, Mr. Mr. Blue Sky or something like that, right? Um, uh, Mr. Blue Sky, yeah, yeah Mr. Yeah, Blue Mr. Sky, Bruce. and it's following <laughs> Baby Groot, yeah. and he's yeah, you know, Baby yeah, yeah. Groot's being the the kid that he is and stuff like that. But in the backgrounds, you see them getting their ass kicked and eventually beating <laughs> that, that big space slug or some shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's something that like when it's fantastically, and it, it also helps that he picks like really great songs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I feel like this is my playlist. <laughs> yeah, like they're playing they're playing since you've been gone. I think in the trailer, and it's like since you've been gone. I'm like, bro, this is, this is this is my playlist that I listen to on the way to work all the time. Yeah, it's um, it's fantastic, and I like that he is exposing a generation of people to music from the past. You know, oh, hell yeah. like for for those of us who who do have a, a taste for, you know, the classic rock and stuff like that. The song like um, Redbone's uh, uh, fuck, what's it called? Come and get your come love. and get your love. Come and get your love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's something that's been like we've played it so much where it doesn't have that that effect on us anymore. You yeah. know, but once it, it came back with Guardians One, it blew up, and now that affects. Like, oh, awesome! The song, like, fuck yeah, turn it up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something where uh, they have the one hit wonders, mm-hmm. and like they they make a reinsurgence, and it's just so good. Right, like come and get your love. Arguably, I didn't think much too much about before Guardians. Yeah, not because I haven't heard it, mm-hmm. because my dad was really big on that kind of rock. Yeah, but it's something that I didn't really have a connection with. Right, because it was something that was from another era, right? I feel like if you the people during that time have a better connection to this new kind of music, but when you have that and you have it with Guardians and right, and you have him like dancing like a goofball, grabbing things and trying to sing into it, it's something like yeah, I I could connect to that kind of motion with the music. Yeah, it's it's perfect, especially like in that um the scene in Endgame, where yeah. it opens with the opening shot of of Peter in the opening opening shot of Guardians One, right? Come and get your love, yeah, and yeah. it's like in the background, he's an idiot, yeah, yeah all that shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> it just it just makes it so much more fun, and that's yeah, one definitely. thing that I feel like Marvel is stupid in letting James Gunn go, yeah, because it's only going to be a negative for them. Yes and no. And you, you, we already talked about this. Mm-hmm. Yes, because God damn, he's a good storyteller. <laughs> he's a good storyteller. It's just like so many one shots. Mm-hmm. You know how many times I had to shift my pants? You know, it's when I see that one shot of, of like the second one where it's just one shot of them fighting and the music. And then this, The Guardians 3, had so many of that. And I loved it absolutely. But it's a good thing because finally Marvel's going to get some competition. I'm not saying James Gunn is going to be, you know, the, the messiah of DC. There's a lot of people who've tried. Wait, he's not? Like, 
Well, <laughs> he's the second coming. It's after Easter. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because we, we've had people who are rooted in DC comics mm-hmm. who's worked with the properties and failed. Yeah. Right. They've worked and they've had that history and they've failed. So now you have James Gunn who's come back from the House of Mouse stronger, you know, better, have the plan in his head. Right. So you have this, you have the foundation of a good competition against marvel and i'm a marvel guy right mm-hmm. I, I was born with dc don't get me wrong but marvel you could see has done better in their cinematic universe than dc has yeah but going to guardians volume three and seeing what what's gonna happen with dc i'm giddy of <laughs> hell to see like now imagine imagine how i come and get your love but Superman, oh, dude. you know, so, something along those lines where he's he wakes up, he's cleaning, he's cleaning the farm and he's listening to music and he's just, you know, <laughs> and, and Pa and Ma Kent are from that generation where they don't have, you know, those. He's a country boy. Of course, his music's going to be like the classics. Yeah. Right. Like ACDC or some maybe maybe even like. Uh, hair rock was it hair rock right where it's glam like metal? they have gel hair like, gla- yeah glam metal <laughs> you see, dude you see I would soups. lose my shit yes. if there's if, if we open like uh, Superman Legacy right boom and all of a yeah. sudden fucking Van Halen starts playing or some shit yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah it's something that's freaking this is the big blue boy scout he's listening to like cla- like not even like like really classic rock you know yeah. what I mean like it's like ACDC you know some freaking oh what's um Rolling Stones comes Rolling on Stone, or something yeah. like yeah something like whole lot of Rosie comes on or something <laughs> like that, you know he's just listening yeah. to this, to the yeah, and, would, yeah James Gunn and yeah. which which opened also up the possibility for that is because Warner's also is a record label so they right. they own a shit ton of of songs I I I think they even might own um zeppelin's catalog i'm not entirely sure oh my god oh my god but that, that's do you remember that trailer of ragnarok with um fuck the immigrant song immigrant son dun, 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 yeah. dun, now yeah, imagine that yeah, with like yeah. with like fucking batman or some shit you know <laughs> oh yeah not even yeah absolutely yeah it's 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 gonna be an exciting time for uh looking at the guardians back to guardians mm-hmm. though but yeah it's 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 gonna be exciting time for that yeah so this film was to, to say to call it emotional I don't think it's it's giving it enough credit because <laughs> god damn this fucking movie you know it it I, I'm not gonna lie I teared up once during the film I teared up another time but that was be- when I was watching the trailer <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me yeah you know? <laughs> yeah yeah it's I mean, good for you, Joel. Yeah. The trailer part. Uh, I, 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 good for you. But for this one, uh, the scene, again, this is a spoiler cast, mm-hmm. right? I can't help it enough. This is We're going to spoil the whole damn movie right now. Yeah. So but, quit your bitching. Yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> but the scene that we're talking about, well, okay, what was the scene again? So Because there's multiple scenes for me. Yeah. I just want to make sure that it so my So the one I was was, well, let's set it up. So, um. Yondu hmm. dies at the end of the second one, and whoa, what he does? Spoilers. I'm just uh, and sh- and James Gunn's brother takes over right as the as, as the James the, Gunn use his real name. <laughs> that is his, his real name. His name is Craglin. Oh, his name is Craglin. I thought you were talking about Sean Gunn, <laughs> not Sean. <laughs> so Craglin takes takes over, or I feel like since he was the last alive, he kind of like kind of yeah. just fell to him, right? <laughs> yeah, Peter's um, not going to put that mohawk yeah, on. Yeah, that mohawk so. and, and the, the, the arrow. I don't know. Does it have like a specific name? 
No. No. It, it looks like an arrow. Feels like an arrow. Probably. Yeah. An arrow. So <laughs> the movie opens up, or the first time we see Craglin is he's trying to control the the arrow. And for those of you who don't know, you control it by whistling. There's some sort yeah. of device in the Mohawk that transmitted whatever your intentions. And there's a couple of times in the in the film where he's trying and he fails. But yeah. when he really needs to and, and like the one thing I didn't really like about the movie is that it was so predictable. Really? Yeah. I feel like with Cra- with Craglin definitely. Yeah, De- there were there were things that, that were predictable to me. I was like, oh, okay, mm. I see where this is going, but I'm fucking in it forever. Just show it to me. I don't yeah. care. Just give it to me. Um, <laughs> I see the punch coming. Yeah, Just give it to yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> so when 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 he finally does manage to to harness the full potential of this arrow, it comes when Yandu appears to him in like the the hour of of need, right? And he's all like. Yeah. Use your heart, boy, or son, or something like that, right? And it yeah, just yeah, it, yeah, probably boy. <laughs> it it got me right in the heart, and then that's when I shed the tear. I was like, oh. yeah, um, I, I try to stop because if it if I didn't stop it, it's gonna be rapid fire, <laughs> and it was it was rapid fire because that scene, uh, was one of the 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 goal points I guess mm-hmm. that would make me cry because the scene before that. Uh, Rocket's dying. Yeah, and like, and Gamora. Gamora is the Gamora from the past, right? It's not Peter's Gamora, right? So they're not really lovey dovey. She's more like a warrior princess, a warrior queen kind of thing, right? Yeah. So she she's famously cold, but she looks like desperate in this scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, she's telling Peter that he's gone, and you hear like, you know, yeah, the the flatlining, flat yeah. and then and then it cuts to like a a, a heaven sequence, mm-hmm. and he meets and long story short, Rocket meets the, the his previous friends who died, and um they're they he, they're saying that they were like flying in the air, and then Rocket says without hesitation, "Can I come?" Yeah, and he knows what he's leaving behind. Oh my god, he knows what he's leaving behind, right? But like no, it's but, a right that but he when, wants. When when her right. his friend says you can or yes, of course, yeah, you can, like, yeah, no, of course, he's gonna die. Yeah, he's gonna go. He, he takes the first steps and stuff and they little and they stop him of course yeah but yeah that 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 got a tear that that started the foreplay of tears mm-hmm. right and then the crackling scene mm-hmm. with yondu showing up that that i had to choke it down again <laughs> with that scene and then the, the i don't know if i'm going to skip to this but there's a post-credit scene right is it post-credit or no mid-credit scene mm-hmm. It's a mid-credit scene where Quill goes back to Earth to see his uh, grandfather he hasn't seen since the first movie, and lo and behold, the grandfather. No, that was at the end of the great. film. That was still at the end. And of that the was film. at the. Yeah. Oh, no, that was the breakfast. No. Was no, no, that, no. The, I'm talking breakfast? about like at the, the the end of the regular runtime, not considering the mid-credit and oh, post-credit. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, those well, I'll talk about then that after yeah. we'll have a segment of that. Mm. But yeah, those two, those three scenes definitely mm. freaking. Yeah, I mean, like. Cry. I kind of I like I'm sure like you have some some of the same sen- sentimentality because we both have lost our father, but that just seeing like some resemblance of a father figure it just oh it just broke me, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the scene like even even when my father was still alive, the scene in the second movie where Yandu dies mm-hmm. and like um, because at the beginning he's he's dishonored from the Ravengers, right? Because he sold children, and that's the first thing you don't do in the Ravengers. You don't you don't deal with kids, mm-hmm. right? And uh, like they told him that we're not going to be there at your funeral. And at the end of the second movie, oh, lo and behold, they're there in his funeral. And then Craglin, that little bastard, is he's like he's tearing up, you know. And he's like, yeah, like they came, and they're like, oh my, like I'm, I was, I that scene always freaking gets me. Yeah, yeah, and it plays freaking um. 
and it was playing what was it play it was uh cats uh is it oh, what was it damn it cats in the cradle and silver spoon mm, yeah something matt uh that one song about it? disappointing your father or some shit <laughs> yeah disappointing your father was playing it at, um oh, dang I, I maybe it's a Cats in the Cradle? The cats I think that's in the, the Cradle in the Cradle with the spoon. Silver Spoon, right? Dun, 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 we probably stopped seeing our copy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if you know, you I know. I think we could get away and with 30 was, seconds, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. And that song was playing at that scene, and yeah, I was tearing up. Yeah. I was it, bawling, actually. It's definitely a, a, a very emotional film, and a lot darker than I was expecting. Like, I had... Oh, yeah. I was... Uh, I tend to, like, not really give a shit about uh, spoilers, um, but I'm actively not seeking them out either, you know. So whenever yeah. there's a, a, a an article about a review or something, you know, it's it's hard not to read the headline at least. So I was yeah. getting like painting a picture in my head of what was gonna happen, especially with fucking James Gunn being a fucking tease that he is. <laughs> I was thinking that they were going to just completely get rid of the Guardians of the Galaxy as we know it. You know, obviously we know yeah. that. Um, Batista, Dave Batista, his contract is done. He said he's done. So we know he's not coming yeah. back. I've read an article that said uh, Zoe Zaldana is kind of done as well. So I know she's not coming back for at least for a while. Yeah. The only one yeah. really who's like was champion champion at the bit to stay is uh, Chris Chris Pratt. Right. Chris Pratt. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was running through all the Chris's in my the head. Other Chris's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see the the Chris's coming up. <laughs> yeah. So. Going into the movie with that mentality, I was like, all right, what's going to happen? I know some somebody's going to die. Just give it to me now. And then, yep. thankfully, nobody really died. Nobody ended up dying. Thankfully. Yeah. But yeah. they all just kind of just went on their own way, which is, I guess. Which is a little worse. Yeah. <laughs> which is, well, it, it's bittersweet. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say worse, but it's it's something that these characters are so big on their own. And this is great. This is on, again, this is James Gunn that he built these characters as individuals first and then put them together and then let the conflict ensue. Yeah. Right. So when he has, when you have them together and them choosing and then like them just being a family is so fantastic and them separating towards the end where they have to kind of find themselves or they found themselves um, new battles to fight. Mm. It's very bittersweet and very full circle. Yeah. I mean, like the thing is that, all these characters came together because they they had they were missing a family and that's what they wanted you know and and one of the things that peter was uh kept harking on to um gamora was that he knew she wanted a family so yeah. at the end of this movie where where the story's centered all around rocket you know spoiler yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> he, it ends with him being the leader of the, the new generation of Guardians of the Galaxy. But before that happens, he's like, wait, my family's leaving again? Because we, we just saw like in, through flashback through this whole movie about how his, his first family, the one he had, the one that basically, I don't want to say saved them, but like gave him comfort in a fucked up situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely that. He lost that family. By the choices that he made, that you know, wanting to escape and all that shit. But now this one, he's losing this family by external choices, N- nothing that he could yeah. do to control. You know, so that was I feel yeah. like that was also like breaking his heart some more. Yeah, 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 and it's something where uh, I do now that you bringing that up, I do feel like he did blame himself to some mm. extent. But you know, them being the loving family is they they just told like it's not that at all. It's they just need to find themselves right in different ways and stuff like that 
and like and he has like and he now he's kind of the head now of the family he's the leader they like quill actually to like called him captain where they were fighting in the second one like <laughs> yeah. i'm the captain like no you're no, the, was it the, the second or was it infinity war it was the second both. one. Yeah, because that's how they crashed. Mm. Well, I mean, probably yeah, both. both yeah. <laughs> to some extent, probably. Like, my ship. Like, you're involved or something do like you, that. Yeah. Do you wish, like, we, we would have seen a little bit of them hanging with Thor? Just, like, a little bit? No. A little bit? No. Little bit, no. no I, well, I, that's what I expected yeah. them to start from. Like, I thought they were going to start straight from uh, Love and Thunder. Mm. But it was, like, it was just a couple of, I don't know, months from it. Because they're all just chilling at nowhere. Yeah. So like I, I thought it was gonna be like that's fine because it's it's been a while since we've seen the guardians together mm-hmm. and it's nice to have kind of a flat foundation where you go in not like oh there's a huge battle you missed like oh what I have to watch another movie to figure <laughs> out why they're all like in the dumps yeah. like I was afraid for that mm-hmm. them doing that them doing the you know classic Marvel where you have to watch the previous film to find out what the hell is going on in this one. Yeah, I, I get what you're coming from. I just like I like seeing Chris Hemsworth at Thor. <laughs> Cause like he's just he's just become my favorite in the post end game Avengers, right? So yeah. I would have like, oh, that's cool. You know, not doesn't have to be anything big, massive. It's like, oh, I'll see you guys later. I'm off, and boom, that's all you need. But- <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a sticker in the post credit scene. <laughs> yeah, the credit scene. So there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and um, but I feel like the movie. You know Peter's his storyline where he's basically like down on his on on the dumps because um, the Gamora that returned wasn't the Gamora that was in love with him and he was obviously still so in love with it, with her and I feel like we've all been through that you know we kind of have feelings for somebody that doesn't really reciprocate them yeah yeah we've all been on the hook yeah we've all been there and so like obviously that was like that that connection but like seeing the way that Gamora fell back in love with him. <laughs> Oh yeah, slowly, <laughs> slowly right? Yeah, she was, yeah, she was slowly like, like every scene that uh, he had because it, it, it was kind of disgusting. Not disgusting, but it was annoying. Mm. It, even even the other gardeners were like, "Oh come on, this broken yeah. record again." Because he, Peter would go off and like, you know, my Gamora didn't do it like this, and then she would get super pissed off as you would if you're comparing yourself to a future version of yourself. Yeah. So it's it was and to a point where uh, he came to terms with it, mm-hmm. and it took Gamora yelling at him and saying that we can't be together to like knock him out of that kind of past quill kind of thing yeah uh, mindset they had yeah uh, i like that scene where he they're trying to get um information about what happened to rock and they're looking for his file and he was charming the girl the the receptionist yeah. lady yeah <laughs> and that's like you yeah the whole the whole sequence was that beginning part and then how it ultimately culminated a few minutes later in the film it was just like of course, he was always working an angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like, because uh, the scene is, it's uh, all of them. They're stealing a item to help Rocket because Rocket got shot, and but they can't operate on him because he has like a machine that will kill him. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were uh, they were uh, surrounded right by by these cops right by Nathan Fillion yeah. and his goons. <laughs> and there's by Nathan Fillion and his goons, and uh, yeah, he was trying to charm. He was, he was he had a heart to heart with this girl, right? Yeah. He was like, I, if I could just. 
you know, talk to them and I can convince them to, you know, let us go because of my friend and all that stuff. And then she believes him. <laughs> and then he's like, no, I was just, I was just I'm playing. Not a, I'm not a dummy. Uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a dummy or something. <laughs> yeah. Like and then it's funny though at the end, because like clearly aimed at Gamora. It's like, I told you she was falling for it. <laughs> yeah. I, she, I told you she was into me. And it's like, I, <laughs> I was like, you probably lost it, Quill, because, you know, you've been dating Gamora. You know, if you go back on the in this ocean, it's kind of hard to swim. But I was like, yeah, I, I would have been sold, too. I was pretty <laughs> sold when you told it to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I fucking love Nathan Fillion in, in this. Nathan Fillion. He was you hilarious. Was, yeah. He was like, I, I have one of those guys. Yeah. And the so way he no, looks this, at him yeah. in disgust, he's like, oh, I can't believe you. Yeah, it's Nathan Fillion is the best part of it's one of the best parts in this film. Yeah, yeah, his, his deadpan acting is just so great. Uh, is it a little disarming seeing James Gunn's wife in this film? A little bit. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Um, yeah. Just because, yeah. like, like I remember before, like a few months ago, there was that article pointing out the fact that he basically gave her the job or some shit. I don't know. Like, I don't know whatever false equivalencies they were trying to point, but like. It's not like it's a big role. It's not like he cast her as Gamora or some shit, you know? It's like a, right. it's like anybody could have played that. He just so happened that right. his wife is also an actor. It's like, why not give her the job, you know? So there, well, there is some of that disgustingness to it, but not well, I was, to the level right. of like, hey, this she got a leading role because she's married to the director, you know, that type of shit. You know, I, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Um I was adjacent to my point. Uh, what was your point? <laughs> I was talking about oh that it, I saw her in DC only. Oh really? <laughs> I've all these yeah. The, it was disarming. Oh, I mean, you have a great point. That's mm-hmm. a that's a fantastic point, Joel. Uh, but it's just it was disarming for me because the only time I've seen her were in DC properties. So to see her in a Marvel property, I was like, is this Suicide Squad? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like is this <laughs> yeah. Peacekeeper. No, there, yeah, there was like there was definitely yeah. that. Like yeah. Oh look, that's yeah. that's his wife. She's from from Peacekeeper yeah. and stuff like that. But. I yeah, mean, I, yeah, yeah. I honestly, it, didn't, it was just like a two scenes throwaway at best, and she got shot. So what else? What else they fucking want? Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> that, that was. <laughs> I I I almost forgot I was watching a James Gunn flick because Taika Waititi, uh, one of my one of my growing favorite directors, has a penchant for dark humor, mm-hmm. right? Like you're, there's scenes where you're not sure you should laugh. Someone gets killed, and you're like, is it funny? It's kind of funny. I want to laugh, but like. James Gunn has a lot of those scenes in this film where something horrific happens. Like you said, she gets shot in the leg and it's like she falls down and she's screaming. But I couldn't help but laugh <laughs> at it. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah um, there's a lot of dark humor in it. Yeah, that scene, uh, I, I was convinced that Drac was going to die because he got, he got shot in the back twice and it looked like it was it for him. Oh my God! Screw James Gunn in, le- <laughs> in leaving so many threats. It's not even just that. It's like, so at the beginning, uh, what well, Adam Warlock shows up, mm-hmm. and he's he's the, uh, I guess he's the the tool of the Sovereign, which is the gold people in the second movie, and um, it's uh, they send him they send him to like get Rocket, mm-hmm. and like Rocket gets he gets KO'd, he gets shot in the chest and then like Nebula gets KO'd yeah. and then a couple of, and you're like who's, oh my gosh, who's gonna die? And then a couple of, you know, minutes later there's a scene where Drax gets shot in the back and they're playing like music as though he's dying <laughs> and he's falling on the ground. They make a huge spectacle about mm. it and then Mantis gets shot right after. Yeah. So it, it's like Gunn is just playing with us because uh, like we said, this is a spoiler cast but in this movie nobody 
dies from the main cast. No. So he's just playing with our heartstrings. Yeah. What you you said, like, at the end, they all just kind of, like, go about their own ways. And it kind of makes it yeah. a little worse, you know, just because, like, if they would have died, okay, now we have at least a valid excuse of why we're not going to see these characters anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if they just go off and do their own thing, that expectation of, hey, maybe Peter's going to, oh, no, eh, not, yeah, well, I guess Peter. <laughs> well, no, it's because, like, we know, it's, like, through contact nego- contract negotiations yeah, and stuff yeah. like Nebula, that. Drax, yeah, Nebula, Drax. Drax. Yeah, we don't know if they're, the original or Guardians are officially, like, uh, disbanded. Yeah, Just Avengers-style disbanding, right? Yeah. Yeah, but instead of them having, you know, a little fight about who killed my parents, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but it, when it, with, uh, you know, Winter Soldier and uh, Captain America and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that, you know, they, they go off, uh, they fall out. Mm-hmm. It feels like they have a kind of circular moment where they needed each other at the beginning of the film, um, not volume, th- volume one, the first film. Mm-hmm. But now they feel confident enough to start their own families and branch out. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the the main the the big baddie of this of this vill- of this movie, the the great evolutionary, evolutionary? The high the high, high revolution. High, yeah, the evolutionary. high evolutionary. So, yeah, it's a very weird yeah, mouthful. It's very like ancient fucking Greece type of shit, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> Um, so where where does he fall on your list of Marvel supervillains? Um, from the MCU. He's He's definitely no Thanos, mm-hmm. right? He, he's definitely no Thanos, but he's he's pretty high up there, considering. Because right now, what my main issue was with Marvel's villains is that they're always half-baked, mm-hmm. right? You always have some villain that's one, you know, um, for example, the most recent film, uh, Love and Thunder, not the recent film, but Love and Thunder comes to mind. And you have Christian Bale, you know, a great, fantastic actor, award-winning actor. Um, I think. Yeah. Oh, award-winning yeah, actor. Yeah, he's won an Oscar, I think. Okay, definitely. So, award-winning actor. Um, and you have him have this sympathetic role, right? You like you give him the sympathetic background, but you don't really flesh him out after that. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have it as a plot point. And it, it's same with uh, The Conqueror, right? With Jonathan Majors, right? And the stuff that's going on with him. You make him in the sympathetic light that he's trying to get back, but he's just, he's just a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Right, so here you have a character who's a bad guy, but you sprinkle in reasons that may have turned him into that. Mm-hmm. Right, so you know the whole saying the the road to he- whether the road to hell is paved with good intentions, yeah. and to some extent you feel as though this guy has somewhat good intentions as it started, but from what he became now is is monstrous, and he made his choice and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it's rather than have a character a villain that's half baked, like say Ultron. You know, have a character that's bad at the get-go, but sprinkle in what might have turned in. But don't really, you know, because you have to exp- waste time. It makes the film feel bloated if you have to explain your villain for you. And it's very you know, insulting, actually. Yeah, I, I feel like they did a fantastic job in this one just because um, any person who experiments on animals, it's, it's <laughs> automatically going to be a bad guy no matter what, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> and um, I, I, again, I, I agree with you with not Thanos. Even though every villain since Thanos, they've kind of wanted to paint as like greater than Thanos, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. like when when they were like, oh, we're gonna go after the 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 high evolutionary or whatever the fuck his name is. And Gamora's like, no, yeah. you do not want to mess with him. He's like powerful beyond whatever and all that shit. It's like, yeah, but they just stopped the guy from. That literally snapped 
half of the universe away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I guess in Gamora's like timeline, I, I yeah, it's. I think that that is the the the, um, the symptom of the bigger issue, mm. where it feels like this this high evolutionary is is a bigger bad guy, especially with someone who's so hardcore as Gamora. But we don't really see that as much as to feel that. And it's and it's hard, granted, because Thanos had like ten years mm. to build up his rep, right? But we we have like two hours to kind of get the gist. <laughs> and like you said, torturing animals is probably like the fastest way to become a Thanos level, you know, bad hate guy. bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's horrible. It's horrific. Yeah. It was hard to watch. It was. At some I'm not points. gonna lie. I felt kind yeah. of like. Um, Thankfully, it was only like in the first 20 minutes or so of the film where we got all those flashbacks. But I was like, fuck, I don't know if this is throughout the whole film. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit here because it is terrible. Like just imagining what obviously this is all fake and shit. So we're just making like those our emotions are being (laughs) stirred over nothing, really. (laughs) (laughs) But like you see those videos online where people like mistreat animals and stuff like that. Or like you leave an abandoned dog or something, abandoned cat. You're like, who would have the horrific heart to do this to a a poor defenseless animal? And then you take Mm -hmm. it into one step close, one step or probably like a hundred steps further than that. Where you actively start experimenting on on them, you know that that's just like it's just terrible beyond all belief. Yeah, and they're mutilated too. So the, it's a I don't know if there's like a, a trigger warning. I guess mm. like uh, there there should be to be <laughs> honest with you, but like it, they show animals not experimented on. Uh, to some extent, they do. They show Rocket kind of experimented on, but they show animals like mangled and like warped so for example there's an otter and the otter's arms are gone and there's robot arms there's a there's yeah, a yeah we saw uh, that walrus. in the trailer where they hunt. yeah it's in yeah, the trailer yeah. right 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 and do we see the walrus in the no, trailer no we didn't see the walrus no right no. yeah because that's horrific i don't know if i would watch it a walrus yeah. with a wheelchair like on a wheelchair with his like you said clockward clockward orange his eyes open yeah his eyes are her eye his eyes weren't stapled open but they're they're mechanisms to hold his eyes open yeah and um there was a bunny of course adorable as hell but its legs didn't work it, and it had like spider arms yeah, or spider spider legs, legs and it had like a fucking like, like a, a Hanna- bane mask like a hannibal lecter fucking <laughs> mask on his face <laughs> i like bane mask later yeah. it'd be hilarious it's like you all lived in the darkness rocket i was born in it molded by it or yeah. something like that yeah it's uh, it's exactly what you said bane mask uh, but um like a hannibal lecter mask and it was it was disturbing as hell yeah very much so and it's something that um fortunately for rocket that became his family and that's like the, yeah. the first family like i all the times we've um we've heard rocket in the previous movie talk like the little that he did about his previous family i would have never imagined it, it got it was like that bad yeah, like even Nebula's like when they see the footage of him being experimented on, and even Nebula, who's been experimented on, says that this is worse than what happened to me. Yeah, like that's a that's a lot. Like her whole body's like even her eyes are not even her eyes anymore. And like what they did to Rocket was like worse. Yeah, yeah, worse. Yeah. And so it makes that scene where they kick freaking the high evolutionaries they don't even talk to him no they don't they don't even like they don't even like mince words they see rocket fighting him they go all in and that would that's what family would do 
Yeah, and then that's the one thing that like I feel like once they did see all the the footage of Rocket being experimented on, it kind of lit like an, an additional fire under Peter because you know he has a, he's hot tempered. Like we saw that yeah. when um, yeah, we saw, they, he yo. confronted we, he confronted Thanos. He almost caused the half the the universe to be erased. Uh, and stuff like that. <laughs> I like how they I like how they talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, so. We understand that maybe now they're going to have a more, I don't say like rash response, but more measured with the the Mm -hmm. end goal being the complete and total destruction of this asshole, you know, which is what they did. Like they all ganged up together and just completely fucked them up. Yeah, they they, they, like they did not like the scene is where. Uh, they're, they, right, they, they get, they help Rocket, right, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get out of the ship, and, like, they're fighting each other, and they just, what, Drax goes in, and he does, like, a suplex on him, <laughs> and the freaking Gamora, like, shoots him in the air, and then, like, Mantis, like, freaking, like, punches it, like, all of them are going ham because they've seen what he did mm-hmm. to Rocket, and it, it's so sweet, because mm-hmm. I almost yelled in the theater. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, kick his ass! Yeah. Like, and I like that it all stemmed with from Rocket knowing that he has like an anti-gravity machine so he turned on his yeah. gravity boots <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's right because the whole the high evolutionary's power is gravity manipulation it looks like yeah and Rocket's like he presses a button and then he just gets planted on the ground <laughs> and it's like nothing's wrong <laughs> yeah um I do like how they ultimately ended the everybody's story yeah. Like they, yeah, yeah. They they gave Drax a purpose, and and his purpose harkens back to his original purpose, which was revenge because he lost his family. But now his yeah. new purpose is basically to be a father to all the um, the children, the experiments that he that mm. the High Evolutionary was experimenting on slash created. I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a bunch of kids, and like it's kind of weird, very Aryan race because they're all like white hair. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're all just running around and saying "jube jube." Jube jube. I think yeah. a lot of jube jube, which means friend apparently. Is jube jube and, and uh, another word? Because I remember, yeah, I remember no. um, Nebula was like, they know three words, and two of them are jube jube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, them doing that is freaking. It was disturbing. Like it was like. Um, children of the corn <laughs> yeah very <laughs> very of, much yeah. so um, yeah and the one thing one of the things that i really loved about the the portrayal of the villain is that they made him out to be a villain you know like yeah, yeah that was your biggest complaint a lot of the marvel f- oh i mean i guess superhero films in general yeah where they they kind of make try to make the villain be sympathetic in a way where it kind of he the the villain tends to justify its means because whatever reason or some shit you know um, but with this guy, all of that shit went out the went out the window in the first twenty minutes when he was experimenting. Like, I don't yeah. give a fuck what he could have done. He was always going to be the bad guy, you know. But in yeah. his yeah, eyes, yeah, and the way he saw it, he was helping things. He was helping creatures, you know, because like what he wanted his his ultimate end goal was to create a utopia. Yeah, you know, they had uh, developed a method of forcing millions of years of evolution in an instant. Um, but the thing was that those creatures that he was creating became super aggro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would be super violent. <laughs> yeah, super violent. So that's what he wanted. He wanted to avoid conflict. And when they finally do confront him, uh, they he's on a planet that he created. And just like that, he wipes out the planet. 
yeah, you yeah like yeah and we, the thing is too is that we have a little of a repertoire with the, the people on the planet yeah that's, right? so that's like true. The, the guardians yeah the guardians land there and everyone's kind of like freaking drax throw you've seen it in the trailer mm-hmm. but drax throws a volleyball or a ball at a, like a little girl <laughs> and all of them start throwing you know naturally throw rocks at him but there's one family where Peter helps and like they help him, you know, they, they, they give him drinks, you know, they give him their car, which, <laughs> is, which is what we have to talk about. Yeah. But they give him the car, you know, they give him, they help him. And then and the next couple of minutes, as the high evolutionary blows up the freaking planet, we see them get blown up. Mm. And it's like, dude, like if he, he just doesn't care. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The same thing was like when it finally revealed his his master plan is that um they asked them, oh, what are we going to do with the other experiments from Batch 99, right? Or 98, 99, something like that. Um, yeah. And he's all like, incinerate them. Like, why are you fucking asking me? You know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah and yeah. that's the catalyst that, that um, propels uh, Rocket to escaping, which ultimately ends with the demise of his friends. It's horrific shit, you know? And... <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I honestly like. Could there be a a rated R for subject matter? Like, is that oh. is that a thing? Because I know there's for violence and language and stuff like that. But is that like a rated R for violence for subject matter? Yeah, this was PG thirteen. Yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty high bar, isn't it? it? It's um, definitely probably not. Yeah, it's definitely pushing the boundaries, in my opinion, yeah. of of what what's acceptable for a PG thirteen via con- um, subject matter. You know. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so because they didn't show it. No, they didn't. Like, show, they, yeah. they did. Yeah, they didn't show them getting gunned down, which is like, which is kind of weird because they showed a dude with his face gone. So it's <laughs> kind of like, well, where's the line nowadays? Yeah. So when Rocket escaped, he basically clawed the High Evolutionary's face off, mm-hmm. and uh, we see him with his real face, but it looks like a mask. Yeah. So when they're fighting, when the Guardians fight him and you know dick on him, uh, they, his mask. F- comes is like unhinged so nebula peels his face off Mm -hmm. and then we see what happened and like he's missing a nose his freaking lips are gone he got mauled his freak like yeah he got mauled like if in case mauled you know his face is missing bits and pieces of it and they showed it to you like three times yeah like two minutes each kind of thing to really sink in his face gone his face being gone yeah and to this to say disturbing you know, it's a little probably, very yeah. disturbing. It was, it was, dis, it was disturbing to for especially I for loved it for a a, <laughs> a P, like you said PG thirteen movie. There were kids in the audience <laughs> when I went there. there I'm were. pretty sure there were under thirteen kids who saw that. Like, oh my gosh, we're gonna get a Marvel film. Like, we're good. Star Lord does the first, you know, the first f bomb in the in the Guardians, whole saga. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the the driving sequence. So they they take the the alien oh, right. his, their car right, right. to go see the yeah. hive evolutionary, and I I get the sense that it's a it's a standard it has a standard transmission. Uh-huh. They like uh, Peter couldn't work the the sh- the the clutch paddle. Yeah. So you could see yeah, yeah, you yeah. could see it go like ur, 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 as as they're trying to figure <laughs> out to drive away. But as they're driving away, Gamora uh, not Gamora uh, Nebula is giving Peter shit. And Peter's like, I I was abducted from my planet at what eight years old or eight, something like I that. Think, yeah, eight years I know, old. I I I know as much as about driving a car as you do. 
It's just freaking funny because he pilots starships <laughs> and he can't handle a freaking manual car. Yeah. <laughs> a, he can't handle the t- a clutch pedal. And that was funny yeah, though because like Gomorrah on the other end, it's like this is the most preposterous way to drive to, to pilot a ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but overall, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the film, especially coming off of a mediocre Phase Four, Three. Which one was it? Five. 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 Yeah. Oh, Phase Four. Are you talking about Phase Four or the first movie in Phase Five? No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about or Phase Four w- in general. Wakanda Forever, Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah, Phase Four. Phase Four. Yeah. yeah. Phase so four. Yeah. coming off of what is clearly a low from for Marvel, I feel like this mm-hmm. is a a good strong anchor point for them to to build upon yeah yeah definitely and it's something where usually marvels is you know they're guilty of full of jokes right rapid fire jokes to see where it sticks but for this film i didn't feel that as much really it felt like each scene had enough time to breathe enough time to soak up the scene and then there's a jokey situations right so i feel like this this movie is a product of giving someone control. Like if Marvel's listening, and I know they are. I know there's an AI that they have programmed. Whoever <laughs> says Marvel, they tune in and see how many times it's said. But I'm just joking. But uh, this is a point where you you see giving the creatives somewhat amount of control, and the end product of it is there's it doesn't feel very. It feels formulaic. Sure, if you look for it. But if you get absorbed in these characters and these moments and, you know, the humor is organic, the music is integrated in a way where it it not only transitions the scene, but it gives you the mindset of these characters. Right. And it's and even the action is not too overblown. Like there's white. There's not a massive freaking, you know, two armies going at it. Right. You have like a hallway scene and it's one shot and it's like in the like it's so many creative choices made that it makes me feel that. This is a film where they should have most of their films as rather than having it paranoid and like, okay, you need to hit this beat and this beat because the next movie is going to pay it off in this beat. Yeah, totally. Like what you said is it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Like the reason why they work so well is because they're not really focused on the overarching story. Yeah. like, Like you said, James Gunn did a fantastic job of making this movie as singular as it could possibly be while still working over like with the overall great story, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, uh, hopefully that translates into DC because we don't know, Mm. right? They, they may be the heads, but like I, like you said, and we've seen the heads of DC before have had so much, you know, foot in the lore and, you know, in the industry of who these comic book characters are and they've failed. Yeah. So, See, but hopefully he can bring that to, you know, yeah. the DCU. The thing now is that James Gunn actually has a, like, a position of real power. You know, he's yeah. basically, like, number two from, like, the CEO of Discovery, Warner, Warner Discovery, right? So, like, he's in charge. Like, we've had... um the other people who were well, who were in yeah. charge of the DC universe, they were like editors from the 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 comic side, and they brought in to oversee anything. But they didn't really have a position of power, which is what James Gunn now has. Oh, see, 
I think he's the head of DCU. Yeah. Of the DCU, but Zaslav is the head of Yeah, everything. So that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, he's, he's the like head number of, so two it, of over the yeah, overall well, thing. Yeah, but if, if that's the same to like anything else, mm-hmm. where like they're, they're rooted in DC and they have so many, you know, mechanisms that they can work, but who had overall ruling power? The studios the did. The studios, Like yeah. Warner Brothers did. If the Warner Brothers as a whole do not see them making strides as they would, they would definitely pull stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, they're paranoid. It feels like Warner DC was a position of power, but who gives you that power? Yeah. Right? Like, who gives you that position? And it's like, it's... What if it's like, you made the joke last last time where, you know, they make a plan 10 years, but we had, we've heard that before. Yeah, that's true. Right? If they don't get, if they don't get the money back, then it doesn't matter if he's the head of anything. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. So they they need to learn from what they see with Guardians Volume Three and give him more control than they would other his predecessors, basically. Yeah, totally. Um, it's definitely James Gunn finding the success that he did with Guardians makes it, uh, his you know his move over to DC very optimistic for for us DC fans. You know, we've we for the longest time, uh, for me at least. DC has had the one up of, of superheroes of what actually like represents to be like a superhero. And I'm talking about like essentially gods. I'm not talking about like some guy mm-hmm. in a, in a basement who made a suit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, they're, they're personifications of very grandiose human ideals. Exactly. Right? You know, truth, justice, vengeance, mm-hmm. <laughs> love, I guess, for one woman, which is a little weird, you know, it's I, I, fair. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's more yeah. on the newer side, but anyways, yeah. it's, it's, I'm very open to, very excited to, to see what it is that James Gunn is going to bring to the DC, and if it's anything yeah. like yeah. any of the Guardians films, it's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So overall, what would you give this film? Um, 8.5. 8.5? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm right yeah. there, like eight point five nine. I'm right there with you. It's yeah. It was, it, it's, uh, it went above my expectations. You know, like it, yeah. I didn't get what I was looking for in it, but what I got was I was very happy with. Yeah, absolutely. Like com- while I was watching it, I was comparing it to other Marvel films. Like, wow, this is, this t- it is it is fairly, as it is right textbook, mm. but just just what they did with it. Right, like not even people, not even killing people off. Some people feel that characters do need to get killed off to get some sort of narrative gratification, but James Gunn didn't, and we still got that gratification. Yeah. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of Pop Salsa. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show and want to help us grow, leave a rating or a review. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show. And to stay up to date, or if you have a question to ask, follow us on Twitter at Pop Salsa HQ, or check out our link tree for more information. I've been your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy and co-host, Ernesto. Hey. Catch you next week on Pop Salsa. Pop Salsa.